Welcome to the Holy Spirit's Curriculum of Joy podcast. My name is Wanaka Oberhuber, and I'm your host. My guest today is David Fishman. Hi. Hi, Wanaka. Thank you so much for having me here and inviting me. I, I truly appreciate it. Thank you. So happy to have you here as well. And I would like to start with the question I like to ask almost all of my guests is how did you come to see the world the way you do today? Well, A Course in Miracles, which got me to see the world the way I do today, I've been doing it for over 40 years, is really a mind training course to train the mind to see things differently rather than the world being out there as causing me to see things out there it starts to allow me to see that what's out there is really a projection from my own mind and that i'm cause and the world is effect is that helpful It's a beginning. <laughs> Let's go deeper into that. You Do you want to elaborate on what you had before the course, how you got to know the Course in Miracles, and what happened after, and what these changes were? I mean, you just mentioned the global picture of what it means to realize that the world is a projection, and therefore you learn about what you are thinking by seeing the world. But I would like to go more deeper into the whole subject. Absolutely, sure. First, I, uh, I had a spiritual awakening in my own life at the age of 32. You might say everything that happened prior to 32 was another person, almost like, like uh, Uh, Neo in the matrix and then finally I took the red pill and I was free of the matrix and the spiritual awakening which happened really uh, taking some mescaline which is a little mind-altering but happened after I hadn't slept for 24 hours now they hold marathon encounters after a person hasn't slept for 24 hours because their their defenses are way down so instead of seeing out there I looked within and I spent a couple of hours of crying, which I call orgasmic crying because it was nonstop. I was looking at my own life. And at the end of that couple of hours, I saw myself in a garden uh, as a young man. uh, At that time, I was 32. I kind of saw myself as like 16 or 18 in in uh, in a shirt that looked like a Superman shirt, but on it, it had three words love the truth love the truth that's that's what was given to me and uh i had that high that 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 peak high for a couple of months and then i started losing it i try to see if anyone else ever had that the first book i ever found was the be here now by ram das he had just published it in 72 70, he just got back from india uh, I then heard about Est in 75. He came to New York. I did Est, and uh, the guy said, listen, you had a peak experience, but you can't go back and, and rehab it. 
you got to renew it right now and right now. So I realized that the work was right now rather than trying to recapture something from the past. Uh, I did a lot of graduate work at EST. I, I didn't just do the training. I became a guest seminar leader, which later became the, the ability to really teach the Course of Miracles in a way that was very helpful to others. It's really getting your ego out of the way. I found A Course in Miracles in 77, uh, uh, October 77. I started doing the lessons. Uh, the person who turned me on to it said, don't bother with the textbook. Just start with the workbook, the lesson book. Start with lesson number one and go as far as you can. I was doing the lessons uh, like you would read a regular book. You know, I would, I would, you know, think it was, you know, just like any other book, like Ram Dass's book. And then I came to lesson 189, which happens to be tomorrow's review of lesson 189, which says, I, I feel the love of God within me now. There's a very famous paragraph in that lesson, paragraph seven. It says, how do you feel the love of God within you in a world that looks like, like, like this? And then he gives you in paragraph seven exactly how to do it. He says, simply do this be still so i'm not stilling the mind do not take with you one thought of what you are or what god is nothing that you ever learned from anything in this world nothing that you ever thought was true or good or right or anything you were ashamed of hold on to nothing and then he says forget this world forget this course and come with holy empty arms unto your God. If he says, just said, forget this world, I probably wouldn't have thought twice of it. But he said, forget this course. And I knew enough about how the ego operates that no self-respecting ego would ever tell you after giving you 1300 pages, stop it. You, you can't use this course to go home. You've got to let go of even this course. So I realized this course came from beyond this world because no ego could have written those, those, those words. I got a whole new respect for the course. I began to accept it without questioning it. And I think in your acceptance of something, it, 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 it goes within and there's no resistance. If you're questioning something and there's a place in the course that says the ego is always analyzing, always questioning, you know, why is this, why is that? Spirit accepts. Once you begin to accept, you actually take it in at a very deep level. Yeah, that's, that's quite, quite fascinating. Um, what were the things that you projected throughout your life? You say the world, you, you were mentioning that the world is a projection of what you're thinking. So what type of thoughts were you having? Because that's what we were projecting, right? Well, I was having the normal thoughts that everybody who comes to this world in a body, and everyone that I know comes in a body, sees others out there in bodies and has a knee-jerk reaction. I still have the same knee-jerk reaction when something goes wrong 
to find somebody who is to blame, who's going to be accountable and, and be, be the one that did this to me, making me the, the one that's at the effect. And the people out there are the cause. And uh, you begin to train your mind, like I said earlier, to see things differently. Uh, responsibility for sight which you find in chapter 21, section two, says everything that seems to happen to me, everything that seems to happen to me, I have asked for and I have received exactly as I have asked. And then he says, deceive yourself no longer that you're helpless, powerless at the effect of something out there. Acknowledge that you are mistaken and all the effects of your mistakes will disappear. And, and that's, a, I have a thing called the 12 core themes of A Course of Miracles because after about doing the course for 27 years, I actually heard a voice say to me, Dove, close the book already. You can't find yourself in a book. God doesn't publish books, words, concepts, symbols. You know, close the book. And I realized it was time for me to develop trust in my higher self, which is the Holy Spirit, which, which is the title of, of your podcast. Uh, and, and that's what the course is really about, being, being willing to ask to see a new teacher, not the one that's always talking to you in your head, which we, which we know is the ego. And the ego always comes from a fearful frame of, of reference, always saying, if you don't do this, then this is going to happen. And, you know, and that person should pay. They should be punished. They're guilty. You know, don't let them get away with it. You got, you got it. You got to get even. So as long as you're listening to that teacher, you're basically in, in a world of fear. And as, as the, the Course of Miracles says, there's only two emotions. One is real. One is love. And the other is unreal. And that is fear. In the introduction to the Course of Miracles, it says this entire course can be summed up in these few lines, what's real can't be threatened. What's unreal doesn't even exist. Herein lies the peace of God. And he says, this is the whole course. You can do the entire course and when you get back and you realize that that really is the whole course, but the ego said, no, no, that can't be the whole course. Said, well, why is it 1300 pages? I got to keep reading. I got to keep going. I got to keep looking. I got to keep searching. So the ego's mantra is keep searching, keep thinking, keep looking, but do not find. Always wants to keep you in time. It's always going to happen in the future. Nothing ever happens in the holy instant of that. Yeah. Um this this puts up the topic I was mentioning before we started recording, the ethics. Because when you you say nothing actually is threatened and nothing actually that is going on in the world is actually real, because the world is is a projection of ego thoughts. Because the heaven is not what we see every day, right? So, what are the? How do you? come to an ethical stance from that because you know you could use it to say okay i can do whatever i want because there are no consequences 
what what do you say to people who think that that is how to use the message of a course in miracles because i i believe that doesn't make sense but i don't i want to see your take on that yeah that's that's an excellent question and i want you to know and during my 40 years of doing the course that that thought that did did, did did come up i mean basically you can become a sociopath and do anything that you want without any feelings of guilt i mean basically the course is about removing guilt from the mind the truth is what is real the first line that which is real can't be threatened what's real is the love the love is really the peace of god in other words on top of all the things that that basically we learn and we and we put on top oh i just learned this i know who the good guys are i know who the bad guys are i i, I know i know what to what to, what to, what to do when i see a gun i know so whenever you're hearing those kind of things is something that i learned in this world which the the world is actually the ego's idea of god's world god has nothing to do with this world the ego literally made a world of differences now that's the that's the big word that we're going to be maybe talking about today uh heaven is simply an awareness of perfect oneness it says that's the, that's, that's what it says in the course of miracles whereas this world has nothing to do with oneness has nothing to do with awareness it was it's me over here, you over there. So it's a survival of the fittest. Charles Darwin was right. It is survival of, of uh, the fittest. But as you begin to remove the layers, the many layers that we have piled on top of the truth, which is underneath it, the truth being the peace of God, which passes all understanding, the love of God, which is always here. It, it, it's our true nature is love. So the idea of, what would happen if a guy went berserk and started saying, well, you know, I'll just do anything I want actually cannot happen. Except if you're listening to the ego, the person is listening to the ego is not doing the course. You know, that that's a statement one has to be careful about because um, every course student teacher is listening to the ego one um, again and again. The question is, how fast do we um, does one shift to listening to the Holy Spirit? Now that that's a big question. How did you grow in that way? Because I'm sure you listened plenty of times to the ego and did things that, um, in in ego terms, you would regret afterwards, right? And also in the sense of it wasn't loving, you would know that that even if it's forgiven, it was not something that would would you would feel good with if you continued doing it right um despite having realized that it wasn't smart or whatever we all have these things right we, we scream at someone i don't know there's all kinds of things right and so I, I wouldn't say we can say someone is not doing the course because they listen to the ego because that's the voice we are used to listening to but we need to the doing the course means that you are learning to choose the holy spirit more often right and and with time hopefully we get to the place where we're only listening to the holy spirit okay that's very well said by the way uh 
and 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 you nailed it when you said how long does it take you to once once you heard the ego to kind of snap out of it and get back that's really what the practice is it takes you know there's, there's a saying in new york city it says how do you get to carnegie hall practice 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 you know it takes practice to finally begin to shorten the time between the time you listen to the ego thought system and the time you say wait a minute it must be another way of seeing this and and, and that and that's the bottom line there must be another way of seeing in fact that's the very famous line that kind of brought the course of miracles to helen shuckman and and to bill tetford is they were always kind of warring battling with each other arguing they didn't get along with each other i think it was bill who said there must be a, another way a better way of seeing this and the voice said yes there is this is a course of miracles take notes so uh the practice is my willingness willingness is so much more important than almost anything else uh, there's a line in the course uh in chapter 18 section 4 called the little willingness and it says only your willingness is necessary your understanding is not necessary the ego only wants to understand so well, you know if i don't understand it how can i accept it i mean if you know i mean how do i know it's true i got to understand this i got to understand the concept that's the ego ego is always into analyzing spirit accepts you know just it's just my willingness to say i have no need of this anymore I have no need of this anymore. That shortens the time. You're actually listening to the Holy Spirit. It says you have no need of listening to the things of this world. This is not your home. You, you, you don't live under the laws of this world, the laws of chaos, the laws of the ego, you or me, laws of survival. That is not your world. You come from heaven and the laws of heaven are completely new to you. That's why you have to ask of all things, ask of all things of this world, what is it for? So it's up to us to ask, what is this for? And it gets down to that it can take you, he says this, and and he and 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 Yeshua Jesus, who who is the channel for the course, uh, even though he tells you time itself is the vast illusion, under trust. There are six steps to trust. It gives you the six steps in section four of the manual for teachers. Up to lesson uh, step number five, he says, this step alone can take you a very long, long time. Now, this is him who says time is the illusion, but he's telling you it's not going to be easy to, to go from your knee-jerk reaction to find blame, shame, and guilt out there to say, wait a minute, I have no need of finding blame, shame, and guilt. Let me see this different." Yeah, and, and the the whole ethics of it is, you know, how do you change these things, right? How quickly do you change it? You're, we already mentioned that. What what um what does it look like in the world when you've changed your mind, right? Because you know, people like to see effects. You also spoke about understanding. I would like to know what is um not that I, I don't have thoughts of my own, but what is the difference between this accepting and and accepting in the sense of being blind about it 
right? Without discernment, meaning that you can become a fanatic for something or whatever else, right? There must be a difference between the acceptance that A Course in Miracles speaks of. You mentioned a little bit about it because of the sense of love and peace and joy that come with it. But maybe we want to go a little deeper into that. That's a very fair and honest appraisal of, of what you have to do anyway. Uh, there was there was a meme that came around uh, in the last week or so. I think it kind of a maybe came from Buddhism. I'm not really sure. It said something like, uh, oh, yes, we're educated enough. We're very educated to begin to believe in the things of this world. But we're not educated enough to inquire and question the things of this world, which is basically something that you're saying. And uh, uh, the Course really says the same thing, but who are you questioning? Are you questioning the thing in your mind? Are you the questioner? Or are you going to the Holy Spirit and asking for the guidance? Say, you know, I did as my mantra lesson after I had done 27 years of, of doing of reading the course and believing everything exactly and then i heard that voice say hey dove close the book already you can't find yourself in concepts and words symbols and i realized it's time to move to a, a different place and and at that time actually i just want to mention that i i came out with a thing called the 12 core themes of a course of miracles which is available if anyone wants it they just send me an email, and maybe you make the email available. It's at acimgather, the number seven, at gmail.com. Put 12 up in the uh, subject line, and I'll send you the 12 core themes. Because basically, in the 1,300 pages, I realized there's a pattern. He is saying the same thing just about in every lesson. He says it obviously slightly different, using different, different words, but it has the same underlying meanings. Now, one of the things in the Course, in Chapter 22, Section 2, says either this Course is to be believed entirely or not at all. So, in a way, I realized this is not a... And a lot of people do this. They, they go through the Course and they cherry-pick. Oh, I like this, but this I don't understand. So, you know, I'll just put this aside. Let me go down the spiritual buffet line and find something like over in Buddhism or, or Hinduism and... That, that might answer this for me. Now, actually, everything is given to you in A Course of Miracles, given to you for sure in A Course of Miracles. But you have to be willing to look at the whole picture of A Course of Miracles, the whole picture. As it happened, uh, I was born on the 132nd day of the year, which happens to be May 12th. And on May 12th, the lesson for May 12th is lesson 132 which is, I loose the world from all that I thought it was. That's the name of the lesson. I loose the world from all that I thought it was. And in paragraph six, it literally says, it literally says, there is no world, exclamation mark. It says, this is the central theme this course teaches. This is the central theme this course teaches. Some learn it on their deathbed, some, some learn it. Uh, now, uh, some don't learn it, they have to come back and, and, and do this all over again. But as long as you think the world is real, you're going to keep looking in the world for answers. 
the final lesson in part one of the workbook, lesson 200, says there is no peace but the peace of God. And it says if you keep looking in the world for the peace of God, you're going to be bitterly disappointed because it's not here. You can't find it in a world of differences, a world of separation. And separation is the only thing that needs to be corrected. The belief in separation is you're over there, I'm over here. Michael and Julie and Elena are over there. And people may be listening later on, on a podcast. And everyone seems to be separate and different. But in truth, there is no separation. There is no differences. We are one, which is really how I got the name of my book. It's called Into Oneness. And I, I asked for guidance uh, just before when, when, when you started the program. I think you left for a second. And I asked Spirit for guidance. Now, my book is not to be read as a book cover to cover. Tell everyone that. It came. I never. I never sat down and wrote this book ever. As it happened when the internet first started, the only place you can hold meetings in those days, 1980, 98, 99, 2000, 2001, was on America Online on AOL. They had rooms there, but everything was in text. There was no microphones, no cameras, no nothing, just text. And a woman by the name of Belinda Vujovic, she's the editor of it copied and pasted everything I said for about three or four years, went to Kinko's, which is a, a place here you can you can turn a manuscript into a book. And she and she made a book to look just like this. She actually did the cover and she did the title called Into Oneness. And all she was taking was the best of what I said over a period of three or four years. So it's not that I wrote the book. It came through me because when you're a teacher of A Course in Miracles, you, you're taking your place and trusting that every word is given to you by the Holy Spirit. So you don't even know what you're going to say. Like right now, I don't know what it is I'm going to say to you, but the words just come out. That's that's trust in a higher source, something higher than yourself. It's, there's, a, there's a very famous uh, lesson, the longest lesson in the course, lesson 135, that says, if I defend myself, I'm attacking myself. And six paragraphs in a row paragraphs 11 through 17 literally say a healed mind does not plan you, you don't you don't plan what you're going to say you listen to wisdom not of your own you, you step back and allow the wisdom of spirit to speak to you and through you so i always say to anyone who gets this book don't read it like a book close your eyes Ask for guidance. Maybe you have a question you want guidance on. It doesn't matter. Ask for guidance. Open the book like you do most spiritual books. And wherever it opens, on the left side and on the right side is your guidance. So when you're away for a few minutes, I did do that. And it opened up on page 196 on the left and 197 on, on the right. And you can see that 196 does have probably more words and 197 only has a few. So with your permission, I just want to read it because I realized it was perfect guidance for what we're going to be talking about today. 196 starts out, Our Holy Father, we come to you tonight asking for your rest. We would let go of that which you have made as a substitute for your creations of which you are as your son one. We lay down our dreams, our illusions, and come to you with an open mind and ask for the peace of God, which is our inheritance and the key to our home with you. 
we give thanks and gratitude for the Holy Spirit who is with us and who guides us here tonight. For this we say together, amen. So that was obviously an opening prayer I did as we as we entered into a meeting. And that's something that she selected. On the next page, 197, very few words, and this is what it says. Only our decision to say, I don't need to do this anymore, or I don't need to do that again, will end the chains of effect, effect, effect. So as long as I'm in this world and I'm listening to a thought system that says you got to do this, you got to do that, you got, you better plan, you better have goals. The goals are very important because if you, if you don't have goals, you know you're going to go the wrong way, you take the wrong path. So that's that's the ego's teaching of us what to do. So so the end of this is say I have no need of listening to this anymore. In fact, my teacher who was Ken Wapnick. His favorite lesson in the course was lesson number five. And lesson number five says, I am never upset for the reason I think. The word, the key word is never. So in this world, you think you're upset for a lot of things. Somebody betrays you, somebody cursed you, somebody uh, hung up on you, somebody blocked you, somebody disrespected you, and, and it upsets you. You know, you're hurt. Now, that's not why you're hurt. You're hurt because you're listening to a voice telling you to be hurt, to be angry, to be afraid that, that people don't like you. So you're listening to this voice. So you can be sure that all, all my upsets come from listening to a voice that has no idea who the Son of God is and is telling you, hey, listen, even God doesn't love you. Even God, even God is blocked. Your own father doesn't love you. That's why all these things are happening to you. That's why you're having accidents, you know, always telling you that you better do this, you better do that. If you don't do this, you better do that. So you begin to realize that there's two different thought systems. One is the ego's thought system and one is spirits. Spirit doesn't see anything that the ego sees. Nowhere do the two systems touch. Spirit sees you as the light, as the son of God, sees you as perfect, sees you as whole, sees you as complete doesn't think you have to do anything. In fact, I need do nothing happens to be chapter 18, section seven, right after the little wilderness in 18, section four. It says, these four words will save you a hundred years, a century of contemplating and, and trying to figure out what to do. I need do nothing. Because if there is no world, like lesson 132 says, what am I going to do to make the world real by doing something? My willingness to step back and watch the movie. The movie has no effect on me. It's an outside picture of an inner condition. It's called projection makes perception. The world I see is nothing more than an outside picture of my own thoughts. Now, if my own thoughts are kind of going the way the ego wants me to go you better watch out you better be afraid you better defend yourself if you don't if, if you don't sue this guy and get your money back you know you, you're gonna lose they're gonna take away your, your your home and so it's always about doing something in the course it says your being and your having are the same being and having are the same there's no doing in being you are the Holy Son of God. By the way, that being and having also comes from Werner Earhart's 
est a long time ago. There's no doing in being. Being and having are the same. So you already have the peace of God. You don't have to do anything to get the peace of God. You are the peace of God. And I hope that that's helpful because that, that, that goes a long way in, in watching how your mind is looking at things. I think that that goes to the, the way that A Course in Miracles explains that because it explains everything that's going on, right? Everything that you perceive that you've, you are made up, right? Can be reinterpreted by the Holy Spirit to bring you back home. So if you listen to the Holy Spirit's interpretation, ask for its interpretation, everything that you have made projected and whatever words we use for it is used to bring us back home and it also says we are walking each other home okay um does anyone have uh something they want to share or a comment or a question while while this goes on no oh yes there we go you can turn your video back on david You need to unmute, otherwise we don't hear you. Okay. I believe my my uh, Firefox, the browser I was on, went out, and I had to reboot Firefox. Did you hear what I said? I think you only dropped out after I had said it. Um. No, no, I, no, I did not. Go ahead. Okay, let's let's try to recap it. I'm not sure it will come again. Doesn't matter. People heard it. So, yeah. So this idea of the world or the what we've made being used when we ask the Holy Spirit for its interpretation to walk each other home to walk to come home. I wanted to go deeper into that. That's what I was speaking of. That's an excellent place to be. Because the truth of the matter, we are one. That's the truth. Remember that thing I had when I was when I had that near-death experience and I was, you know, I was crying and all that. I finally was found myself in a garden and said, just love the truth. People who come to a course of miracles are people who have decided they don't they don't know what the truth is but that's what they want they want the truth and 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 the truth will set you free the truth will enter your mind and correct all the mistakes in your mind if you're willing to say i do not know what anything is for the ego says well <laughs> what do you mean i don't know hey listen i read this book 10 times i i know i know exactly what is he saying you know i, I you know 
as long as you think you know, the ego is in charge. My willingness, and that's why I, I, I chose lesson number 25 as my mantra lesson from the year 2004, which is the time I heard close the book already, to just about last year. So I went through like almost 18 years of using the mantra lesson 25. I do not know what anything is for. Because even when you get to paragraph five, which is a very funny paragraph, he says, this is very crucial to your learning. And he hardly ever uses the word crucial. This is crucial to your learning. The things that you make as your goals in life, they're not good or bad. You don't have to worry whether you did a good thing or a bad thing. Your goals are meaningless. Now, if you can grasp that he's telling you, you know, whatever you think you're, you're doing in this world doesn't really mean anything, which, by the way, is that lesson number one of this course. Lesson number one of this course of 365 lessons is nothing I see means anything. I want you to know, I've been saying for many years, after doing the course for many years, that lesson one is the entire course. Because if you do all the lessons, you know, you begin to realize, you know, what do you think you're learning? Why, why are you learning this? There's nothing here. This is not your home. And when Jesus said, I live in this world, but I, 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 I live here, but, but, uh, but my home is elsewhere. I, I, I forgot the exact quote, but anyway, Almost everyone knows that. I, I am here, but I, 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 my body may be here, but I am not of this, of this I, I am in this world, but not of this world. That, that, that's the quote. So we, we are not of this world. You, you might call this, I call this world a classroom. That's my term for it. We come here to learn lessons. Lesson 193 of The Course of Miracles says, all things are lessons God would have me learn. All things. So no matter what it is, it's just a lesson. And the, the last section of, of, of the textbook, chapter 31, section 8, says, choose once again. It says, all you're doing is reviewing what you once did once before and you made the wrong choice. Now given another opportunity to choose correctly this time. So we can go through this world many, many times, always saying, well, you know, poor me, I was born on the wrong side of the tracks, the wrong parents, the wrong religion, the wrong this, the wrong that. Or you can say, hey, listen, I did it my way. You know, those fools out there, they didn't listen to me. But you're always putting yourself against somebody else. This course is to remember that we are all joined together as one. There's a very famous line that I call a famous line, maybe not be famous, but it says salvation is simply a collaboration. It's a, it's a um, salvation is a collaborative venture. We're all in this together. And you begin to realize that the people that you don't like, the people you wish you never met before, are actually your saviors using Course in Miracles terms. It's the very famous, for me it's famous, cha uh, chapter 29, section 4 called Dream Roles. First of all, 
But you have to remember the Course says, listen, you're the dreamer of a dream. You're having a dream. It's a bad dream, maybe. You, you don't like the dream. But when you wake up, you realize it was just a dream. It wasn't really anything, not different than the dream you have at night. And it seems that you're lost and, and you're trying to get home and and and, and you can't find a, a taxi to get you to the place and, 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 and you're stranded. And what are you going to do? But when you wake up, you say, my God, it was just a dream. I, I was, you know, I took it so seriously. It's the same thing with, with, with when you're doing the course and, and you begin to recognize what the course is saying to you. So my willingness to recognize that the people in my life that's causing me ajita or, or bothering me, upsetting me, are actually my saviors because in dream roles it says, everybody in your dream, nobody in your dream could do anything to you except the role that you assign to them. So if somebody stands up in, 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 in an audience and says, you know something, you're really a dummy, you know, I, I, I I don't think one thing you said is true. I think you're a liar, you're a dummy. And it seems like, uh, you know, in front of everybody, I'm being disrespected. You know, what's other people going to think? So my ego is going through all of that. What's other people going to think that this guy's calling me a, a liar, a dummy? I don't know what I'm talking about. But, but I asked that person to say that so that I can ask to see this differently, so I can see this differently. And you might say, well, it's obviously the guy is a madman. You know, why would he do that? You know, well, actually, the course is really very clear. You're either the love of God or you're in fear of the love of God and you're calling for love. You're saying to the person, you know, if you're so loving, let's see you love me after I just cursed you out and told you how stupid you are. So the ego is easily going to, you know, uh, th this guy's a jerk and, and, and I'm going to ask the, the, the bouncer to, to take him out of this room. And, you know, that's how the ego acts, you know. But if you ask to see things differently in that moment, love will come through you rather than the hatred or the anger or the upset. And I hope that's helpful to the way you see things. Um, I think one good thing would be if you would give an example from your experience, because I'm sure you've had that type of experience, the way you were expressing. It sounds like you've have experienced such things where people would say something that you would immediately take as an attack and how you responded to that. Okay. I can't come up with anything, uh, that, that rings bells. But while I was saying that, something did come into my mind, which came from one of my very early teachers in the course. The guy happened to be a rabbi teaching A Course of Miracles. He gave the very first conference of A Course of Miracles in 1980 at the Plaza Hotel in New York City, which I attended. And he was very helpful because he went over the 50 terms of the, of the Course of Miracles, which people misunderstand. And of the 50 terms, the only one that I always remember so clearly was the one called Christ. He says, people think that Christ is like Jesus Christ. He said, no, no. 
Christ is a family name. You know, it's like David Christ, Eleanor Christ, Julio Christ, Michael Christ. It's, it's a family name. It's, it's, it's our name. It's Jesus Christ. It, it, no one is the Christ. We are together the Christ, the Son of God, the Anointed One, together as one. That was very helpful in the morning. In the afternoon, he happened to tell a story that I always remember that does ring bells for me. I hope it rings bells for you. Uh, his daytime job, even though he was teaching the Course of Miracles, was, uh, he was there, and he was also a rabbi, but he owned the liquor store. And one day, a guy came in, pulled a gun, said, I want all the cash in your cash drawer. He said, in my mind, I knew I had a gun underneath the cash drawer, and I thought of that first. And something came through me, and I said, what's wrong? You don't have food to bring home for your, for your, for your son to eat? You, you need food for the table for tonight? I said, what? Why are you saying that to me? He says, I, I, I think I saw you walking by with your son. And the guy started crying and says, yes, I, I need food. I need money. for." He says, here's a $100 bill. Buy food for your family and then come back and we'll talk again. He hired the man in his store. Very loyal worker. Good friends. To me, that's a, a prime example of what we're talking about. Yeah, I think that's a really important thing to look at because these attacks do happen that we would perceive as attacks. These these things happen. People will say something at a point because, like you said, we have it in ourselves, right? So we have that ego voice that we tend to listen to often and that will appear, right, in, in our experience. So it's important to learn to reinterpret that like you were describing and and find a, a different response than we would automatically do, as you called it, the knee-jerk reaction. Now, that's an important thing because there's also all these things about teachers of A Course in Miracles and many people, you know, feeling, oh, we're not equal, we're, we're different, we, you know, this one person is allowed to teach, this one has a huge following, this one doesn't, this and that and that, right? And all these things trying to make us not be equals in what we're doing, right? I think that's an important point to talk about. Uh, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. And then I want to say how I handle things. Uh, I don't have, uh, no one's put a gun in my face recently. Uh, you just froze. So anyone have a comment or a question at this point? Yeah, so I, I think this is a very important point to make is that we are all equal, no matter what standing we may appear to have in communities or not in communities. I think that's important for us to, to reflect on. Yeah, what, what do you think about that?
Are you able to hear me now? I hear you. You can turn on your video as well. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. Okay. Very good. All right. Thank God I have a cell phone. My whole computer went out. Okay. Um, Okay. So the way I handle things, I was about to say no one put a gun in my face recently, so I can't, I don't have a story like that. But one of my taglines is laughter now will save you lifetimes later. So I begin to see things and and say, you got to laugh. So instead of taking things in this world seriously, because if you, if you're taking things in a world where you, where you, where the, where your birthday lesson is telling you that there is no world and you're still taking things seriously, obviously you think there is a world that's, that's, you know, so as you start to train your mind, and I got to admit, you know, I've been doing this for a long time. So, you know, it didn't happen overnight. You start to smile and laugh at the same things that you used to, you know, take offense to or push people away. And, and that's what the ego does. It's always pushing love away. It's, you know, your brother is really the love of God, just as you are. But but you choose to see that there's something to be afraid of, something something that you can be hurt and you have to defend yourself. So the ego actually builds our entire defense system. The ego built our defense system, knows where all of our weak links are. So you can you can you can be sure that the, the ego is the general is the head of the Pentagon of your defense system in this world. It's up to me to start saying, you know, why am I taking any of this seriously? And that's pretty much how I handle some 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 of the things that, that the basically you you were talking about. I think you had one other question. Uh, you had one other question which I wanted to answer. So, so go ahead. I'm not sure what it was, but maybe we'll come back. Anyways, the so this the world. I I, I think it's it's not about making the world real when you take things seriously what i think is important is that you let go of the attachment to the outcome and because i i have a whole lot of things you know we've learned that conscience or having a conscience or 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 so on has to do with um guilt right because feeling guilty about things will make you act differently afterwards and of course in miracles is speaking Say a different language. It's saying you need to remember that you are innocence. That's how you will then choose to to act kindly and lovingly because of remembering that you are innocent and that your sibling is innocent. That everyone is. So, so it's a totally different approach to developing a conscience because. To, to say your conscience is actually a blank slate where you are innocent and full because you are made, you were created whole, right? So you it's your wholeness that allows you to be kind, gives you the permission to be kind. And it's not by having all these guilty feelings about what you have done wrong that you will act differently. Uh. Thank you for bringing that up because if you didn't bring it up and I and I didn't mention anything about guilt and forgiveness 
anyone who does the Course of Miracles says, you know, he never even mentioned what the function of being a course student is all about. So our function is forgiveness. But it's never, you know, the ego thinks it's, the, oh, well, how can I forgive this guy? He, he, you know, he did this terrible thing to me. You, you're asking me to become more noble than him. And, well, I'll forgive you this time, but it better not happen next time. The course very clearly says that's called forgiveness to destroy. That's the ego's way of destroying the healing of God's son. By always saying, "Well, okay, I'll be, I'll be more than, I'll be more noble than, than this peon, and I'll forgive him this time, but it better not happen next time." The moment you make the guilt real, it's real. Now, this course is all about removing the guilt. It's all about removing the guilt. And where is the guilt? Is the guilt out there? No, the guilt is in my own mind. I think that I have done something terrible. I have separated myself from my father who created me. I've separated myself from the love of God that created me. And I'm in a world where I, I'm running my own business. Hey, listen, I want, I want to be special. Well, in oneness, you can't be special. I want to be better. I want to be more. And more has a very special meaning in, in the Course of Miracles. It means that I'm, I'm the Antichrist. That, that I, 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 I idolize. It's really an idol. I, I, I want to be more than everybody else. You know, I, like Lucifer wants to become special. I want to be more. I want to be better. I want to be different. So that's what this world is for. Everybody can be more. You know, I, I have more college degrees. I'm I'm better. I have I have a bigger bank account. I I, I want to be, be special. I want people to know me. I want you know everyone's going to know me. Yeah, uh, that's that's how this world works. That that's that's the rules of the ego thought system. As you start to learn the rules of the ego thought system, and you start to learn there's another way, you really you begin to realize that first of all you got to remove the guilt. Where is the guilt? Is the guilt outside of me? No. The guilt is my own belief that I have done something wrong. That as a matter of fact, I'm trying to make up for it. I'm, I'm trying to show my father that, you know, father, I, I can really, you know, show you how wonderful you are by I'm going to build the biggest church to you, the biggest monument to you. I'm going to show you. I, don't worry. I'm going to use all my money. You're going to give it away to charity. I'm going to do it. Now, <clears throat> None of that really means anything. That's me being an ego, basically. So removing the guilt and, and guilt demands punishment. I don't want to be punished. I want others, you know, you know, they should be punished because after all, you know, they robbed the bank. They killed somebody. They 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 deserve to be punished. And that thought comes from, well, if they're punished, I have a better chance of going to heaven. They're gonna to go to hell. I'm gonna to go to heaven, and and that's 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 pretty much what the how the ego operates. The ego operates under I want them to be blamed, shamed, and guilted, and I'm I'm innocent. I'm innocent. They should pay. You know, take them to court, hang them, uh, lock her up, whatever you got to do. They should pay. So. The course is about removing the guilt, and, and the guilt, like I said, is not out there. It's in my mind, and, and, and you go to the Holy Spirit and say, 
I don't want to have this thought of somebody outside of me being different anymore. So my willingness to go to the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit's same alternative to the ego's way of seeing is that the Holy Spirit starts by seeing you as perfect. Holy Spirit sees you as itself as created by the love of God, sees you as created by the love of God as perfect, and then extends this perfection to include your brother as perfect too, regardless of what you think his behavior is. Because we're all, we all have the same piece of God shining in us, which happens to be today's lesson. It's a review of lesson 188. The peace of God is shining in me now. Holy Spirit only sees the peace of God shining in you. Doesn't see your behavior. Doesn't see your body. Sees the light. Doesn't see the dark. The ego only sees the dark. Only sees. So here in this course, we bring the dark into the light. So by going to the Holy Spirit, which is, I, I think the name is, is of, of your program is, is to join the, 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 the Holy Spirit's joy of uh, curriculum of joy. Well, the, yeah, it starts by seeing you as the Holy Son of God, extends that to include your brother as the Holy Son of God. And then it says, and this is in chapter six, section two, which is called the Holy Spirit's alternative to projection. It says, and this inclusion inclusion instead of excluding my brother i'm including my brother as myself this inclusion invites atonement automatically now god's gift to us who believe that we're separate and we're suffering in a world of separation thinking we gotta you know gotta earn we gotta learn we gotta do we gotta get we gotta we got you know to satisfy god is is the atonement and I spent many years saying, you know, I know I'm responsible. The only thing you're responsible for is to accept the atonement for yourself. That's the only thing. But I kept saying, but, but Jesus, what, what's, what do you mean by accept the atonement? Accepting the atonement is to see your brother as yourself. That the separation that you think happened never happened. That's the atonement. That what you think happened didn't happen. That you never left the mind of God, that you 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 never left heaven and says an idea cannot leave its source. You only think you left. You only think you're in a different world. You only think you're in a world apart from the love of God, that one day you'll go back to heaven. No, you never left heaven. Heaven is simply an awareness of perfect oneness. And I thank you very much for bringing up the word guilt and forgiveness. Yeah, I was. Uh, now I know what the question was. It was about the equality of all teachers of God, right? Because in A Course in Miracles, we have all these different people who are called to be the teacher of God, which is actually everyone is, right? So we are all equal because all are called, all are equal as well. And so I remember when I when I was called and I and I heard the call, and and I was like wow, I can't be worthy. I'm not there. You know, I see all these people, you know, they're so much more peaceful. They're this and that. Yesha would say, come from where you are at now. And that's perfect. 
and would always insist that I'm that we are equal, right? No matter whether we have a name, whether we have a following or not, whatever the thing is. And there's a lot of um, teacher students of A Course in Miracles who struggle with that, right? With this this thing to actually realize that we are equal, no matter how well a person's uh, sibling seems to be doing in terms of the world, right? Like money-wise or following-wise or whatever else. Would you like to share a little about that, how you came to terms with that? Because I'm sure you started small as well, like like everyone else, and how how remembering that you are equal helped you actually proceed and continue to teach. Because, you know, if you get caught up and you're not equal, you might stop or you might start teaching the ego's lessons instead. Okay, I'm laughing because people who know me will say, how is it possible that Dove didn't mention equality first, that he had to wait until equality was brought up? Because for me, equality is, is the most amazing, miraculous word. I mean, it isn't that it came to me, but there was a line in the course. It says, listen, the key to the kingdom is peace. So the goal of this course is peace. There's no two ways about it. To bring your mind back to the peace of God, which is, which, which is what God creates. You might say that our superpower is peace. But we, but we gladly threw it away because we came into a world where basically he says, hey, what do I need peace for? I, 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 you know, I, I'm going to, I'm going to master this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to get this. You know, I don't need peace. I need to be strong. I, I need to, I need to, I need to, to get things in this world. And there's a line in this, in this course, I, 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 I would be uh, negligent if I didn't mention this uh, line in, uh, uh, it's, it's in a section it's in chapter 26. I think the name of the section is your appointed friend. It says, anything that you strive for in this world, anything you try to get in this world, you try to achieve, you, 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 you think it's important for you, will hurt you. Not that it can hurt you because you can't be hurt as the son of God, but it will delay you because one more time, you made something in this world an idol and you made that more important than remembering that you are the son of God. You thought that this would make you happy, that this will give you something. Well, you know, if I have a million dollars and, you know, I have a billion, well, I, I, a billion, I can't stop at a billion. These guys have much more than that. Nobody wants to stop. You want more. Remember, more is the Antichrist. I always need more. So when uh, getting... Getting back to the line, it says the key to the kingdom, and the kingdom is you. The key to the kingdom is peace, but peace has one other condition. And that condition is equality. That condition is equality. So that's where I, I really picked up on the equality, because the peace, uh, you, you you practice peace by, by, by recognizing that you don't have to listen to the ego's mad screams anymore you, you you kind of smile and laugh say, I, don't, I don't have any need of this anymore but you have to bring your brother along you can't leave your brother out on the battleground and says hey listen i did the course he didn't do the course so oh, screw him right no we are one and the same so the key to the kingdom is 
equality. And I make a big thing out of this, by the way. People who know me know that recently I say, listen, what is of God is equality. What is of the ego is equantity, equantity. Even though I made up the word. Equantity is anything to do with numbers. Anything to do with numbers is equantity. Ego loves numbers. It, it said, I want more. I, I need more time. Everything, time, time, time itself is numbers. Everything in this world is numbers. I mean, Albert Einstein would tell you everything comes down to, to numbers. But he, he also said at the very end, he said, I didn't come to an understanding of my of my of the universe from my rational and logical number mind to, to which uh, uh, the Nobel Prize winner at the time, uh, who, who's a famous guy, uh, uh, slipped my mind. He said, you know, I follow this guy, Einstein, up to a certain point, but I don't see how he goes from here to there. He said, I didn't use my rational mind to go from here to there, my logical mind, the logic of numbers. He asked, he kept asking, what, what would things look like if I was traveling at the speed of light? And after asking that question over and over, the answer was given to him from wisdom, not of his own. So you have to leave the world of numbers, the world of formulas, the world of science. It was once asked of Dr. David Hawkins, and for those people who don't know David Hawkins, he was a very famous Course in Miracles teacher. He also, he, he, he was a scientist. He actually developed the original uh, orthomolecular psychiatry formulas, which many uh, psychiatrists still use in their own practice. But when he heard about A Course in Miracles from another psychiatrist, J Jerry Jampolsky from, from California, he literally gave up his practice and went out and started teaching The Course in Miracles. He also came up, he also came up with uh, what's called the levels of consciousness. And you can find it by going to Google, just looking for the, or go to his website, the levels of consciousness are all there. Uh, he, he, he's passed away about six or seven years ago. But he was asked the question, uh, the lowest level is shame at, at 20. Responsibility starts at 200. So until you reach the 200 level, you're always at the effect of the world. At the 200 level, you begin to recognize that, that I am the cause and the things that are happening to me. I, I don't have to be at the effect of the world. The 500 level is where unconditional love starts. 1,000 level is the Christhood or, or, or the Son of God. So the question was asked of him, and I remember the question very well. Can a scientist go beyond the 499 level? And his answer, remember, he was a scientist. His answer was very simple and very quick. No. Because the scientist needs proof and evidence. You know, well, you know, I'm not going to accept this. Kind of answers one of your earlier questions. That, you know, I need proof. I need evidence. You know, a scientist cannot go into unconditional love because there's no conditions. There's no evidence. There's no nothing. It's just your willingness to extend the love you are. So I mentioned that because uh, it really all comes from your willingness to be what God created. And you see your brother as yourself. So it's this joining. It's this willingness to see your brother as yourself 
which which allows you to leave the world of fear. Fear comes when you think that there's something outside of you that's different. If something is different from you, you have reason to fear. They can hurt you. They're different from you. They want something that you that you have that they don't have. I have to protect myself. That's fear. But when you see your brother as yourself, the fear goes away. Remember, there's only two emotions, love and fear. But perfect love casts out fear. So when I start to remove all the layers of the ego's thought system from my mind through forgiveness and start to see my brother as myself, because he is myself, it only appears in this world of bodies that we are two, when in truth, we're, we're really one, one mind. It also explains the, the parable, which I understand I heard this from a woman, I can't think of her name, but she's a Christian mystic. And she, and she went over all the parables of Jesus. And she says, the one parable, and this kind of goes along with what you said, a lot of people don't get equality at all. She says, the one parable that Christians have a lot of problems with is the, is the owner of the vineyard. And I don't know if you're familiar with the owner of the vineyard parable. But at the beginning of the day, the vineyard owner goes out to get some uh, uh, people to, to, to pick his grapes from, uh, from, from his vineyard. And, and he picks them up and he brings them. And, 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 and they all know what, what they're going to get paid at the end of the day. In the middle of the day, he goes out and gets some more workers and he brings them back and they all know what they're going to get paid. Towards the end of the day, it's almost getting dark. He goes out and getting some more workers. Finally, it's the end of the day and it's time for him to pay the workers. And he pays them all the same. The guy who's been working there all day says, well, why is, I've been here all day working in the fields under a hot sun and you're paying me the same as you paid this guy? He says, it's my money. I'm entitled to give anything I want to anybody I want. So the equality of God, which you find in chapter 25, chapter 25 of 31 chapters is called, uh, it's called, uh, it's, um, it's not called the equality of God. I I I, I actually f forgot the the name of, of the chapter uh, itself, but but it's called the uh, it's not called the forgiveness of God, but it's something of God. And the nine sections are all about how fair God is to all, sees all the same, sees all of His children the same. The ego is incapable of seeing sameness. Cannot see the ego cannot see sameness. It's blindsided. You only see differences. So the ego's only quality, if you call it a quality, is to see differences. Spirit's only quality is to see sameness. So you're either listening to spirits or you're listening to the ego. If you see differences at all, you know you're listening to the ego. If you, if you don't see differences anymore, you're listening to spirits. That's why I start to say, you got to laugh. Because the things I used to take seriously, you only take things seriously when you see differences. You start to smile and laugh a lot more when you don't see differences anymore. And I hope that that's, that's helpful.
Yeah, I have a few comments on this. One is um, I don't see it the same way that David Hawkins says that a scientist can't um, be unconditionally loving because a scientist is a role and it and depending on how you live your science, it's different. So that, that I can't say maybe the the, uh, the because there's also in science there's qualitative and there's quantitative methods there's many different ways to go about science and i think that a course in miracles and the result of it is so scientific because it always leads to the same result so the result is certain it's more scientific than any other thing that always leads to a different result so so i i don't see it that way Okay, that's one comment. And the other is that I think that as long as we are experiencing ourselves as in the world, differences are a part of our experience, but they only have to do with our special function. That's why we appear different, not because we are different in truth. So those were the two things I wanted to comment on about that. Um, okay. Let me respond if that's okay. I, I, I was looking up chapter 25. It's entitled The Justice of God, The Justice of God. And uh, and and it has nine sections, and, and they're priceless to go through chapter 25, The Justice of God, because you, you, you enter into a whole new way of seeing things. The last section is called The Justice of Heaven, which is, I think, it's just a heavenly thing to read. With regard to uh, what, uh, what uh, David Hawkins said, first of all, David Hawkins, remember, was a scientist. He was a psychiatrist. And he started life out by thinking that he can heal people by giving them large doses of vitamin C, which he and Linus Pauling, who was a Nobel Prize winner, you know, uh, uh, came up with and you know, gave them large doses of, say, of, of zinc or this or that. To, to balance the mind, but he gave that up completely. But he is a man who anybody who knows him is a scientist who did come to unconditional love. I mean, people who know him know him as a loving. So, so even though he said no, he himself was a scientist who understood what love is. So, okay, so you, you, you're, you're perfectly right on, on that. Um, uh, the willingness to see your brother as yourself is really what this course is all about. This is this is what's called true joining. And the way I spell joining is J-O-Y-N-I-N-G. And, you know, Lesson 190 says, I choose the joy of God instead of the pain. And he tells you why you choose the pain. He tells you in paragraph eight, it's a very funny paragraph. He says, listen, you paid a heavy ransom for choosing pain over the joy. He said, well, who would ever choose pain over joy? Well, you wanted to deny your father the joy of his son's joy. In other words, you wanted to deny your father and tell your father he didn't do a good job. You wanted to see your father as guilty, to blame the father for my misfortunes look at this guy look at look at what you did to me you you you, you left me an orphan you left me you know look at my body i'm weak i'm this you know what kind of a father would do that to his son 
but God did not create this world. I mean, we made this world as an effigy, as as a as as an excuse to show God that He didn't do a good job. So He says, "Listen, you you chose the pain to deny your father the joy of his son." Now, if you see that and see the the that's what we did. We we said, well, you know something. Uh, I might be, I might have done this terrible thing, but I'm not to blame. My father is to blame. So we blame the father. Mother Teresa has a line which I always love to use. She says, "If people don't love you, love them anyway. If people don't like you, respect them and forgive them anyway. Because in the end, it was never between you and them, because there is no them." It was always between you and God. So no matter what you're saying to another person, it doesn't matter what you're saying to another person. You're really saying that to God. It's just I and the Father are one. It looks like you're saying to another person, hey, look at that. You know, you called me a jerk. Well, you're the jerk. No matter what you're saying, you're saying it to your Father who loves you. Who created you out of love? And I hope that that's uh, helpful. Yeah, it's, it's this whole thing about seeing each other, um, seeing the sibling as one with you or as whole, as complete is is this whole story. I'm not going to go into it any deeper, but the holy relationship and the special relationship. But I think we don't we don't have time for that today. But um, that that's we I've mentioned it in other episodes and we've talked about it deeply in other episodes. Anyways, uh, for instance, the one, um, yeah, last week on Wednesday we had a, a lady who is a holistic relationship and sex coach. So we talked about that a lot about the special and the holy relationship. So if one can listen to that to go deeper in it. Yeah, so there's a lot to think about in what we've been talking about, and there's it's really, really deep stuff. And I would like to give you all the opportunity to ask David a question or comment or share something at this point before we wrap up things. Go ahead, Julie. Hey, hi. I've been really enjoying um, this conversation a lot, and I have a question that I'm struggling with in my own life here. Um, you know, when you practice defenselessness and and love and um, generating, you know, goodwill toward others, and you're confronted with mean people who hurt, you know, like, um, you know, in my own life, like, I, I've been hurt a lot of times, you know, when I've only been trying to give love back, and I, I don't, you know, I need some guidance here on how to be loving and giving and in this place of peace, but then not let myself get hurt. Julie, am I on? Yes. Thank you, Julie, for that for that question. And and first of all, if you're afraid of being hurt, you know that the ego is in charge of your thought system because the ego is always afraid of uh, of everything so it has to defend itself and when you defend yourself you're attacking yourself that that's the longest lesson in the course 
lesson 135. If I defend, I attack. So the ego is in charge of your defenses and, it's, and it never trusts anybody. It has to check everybody out. It doesn't, well, I can't trust you. I don't even know you. And I'm afraid of being hurt. So so the idea of, 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 of how to, uh, how I deal with, with, with things is I, I, I literally turn things over to the Holy Spirit. I, I step back and say, I do not know what this is for. I do not know what this is for. Please show me the way. So you're asking God's teacher to show you the way. God's teacher is the teacher of peace. But we're listening to the voice in our head, which is the ego's voice telling us, well, if you don't do this, this person's going to take advantage of you. They're going to do this to you. And you're going to get hurt. Now, I do counseling. And in my counseling work, I, I counsel people by saying, be grateful for the triggers that are triggering you, the things that seem to be hurting you. Because those triggers are revealing an underlying mistaken belief. Now, I don't know if you follow that, but... Uh, if somebody has hurt you, in Course in Miracles language, in a way, they are your savior. And I, I mentioned that earlier. I don't know if you were here. Uh, there's a section of the Course called Dream Roles, cha uh, chapter 29, section 4. And it says, in your dream, nobody can do anything to you except the role that you ask them to play in your dream. So you come here into this world to learn lessons. We think we come into this world to be happy. Well, yeah, of course, I want to be happy, but I don't want to be hurt. Well, he says, he says this a couple of times, one of my favorite lines. Do you want to be right or do you want to be happy? Choose one. You can't have both. So your willingness to see that the people in your life that seem to be upsetting you, triggering you, pushing your buttons, or, and, and they may be calling you names and all of that is true, but they are doing that to allow you to learn the lesson that you came here for. Lesson 193, all things are lessons God would have me learn, all things. Now, obviously if someone's lovey-dovey with you, that's not one of the things you're here to learn. But if somebody is, is, is not being nice to you, is, is saying not nice things to you, well, that's an opportunity for you to see things differently. Remember, a miracle doesn't wake you up so you realize you're dreaming. The miracle allows you to see that you're dreaming the dream. You're the dreamer of the dream. You invited this person into your dream so you can learn something of yourself. So when you question, what is this for? And that's what I do. I, I take a look at the bigger picture and we, and we recognize that the people that are triggering us are actually our saviors by showing us an underlying thought system that is the ego's thought system of I, better, I, I, I don't want to be hurt. I got to be afraid. Uh, and, and, if you're, and if you're living in that darkness, you can't possibly see the light. So you have to begin to realize the people that come into your, into your dream, into your, in, into your movie, you might say, 
are actually invited by you to give you another chance to see them differently. That's what you're here to learn, to see your brother as yourself, to see your brother as the devil means that he's guilty and you're innocent. But like we were speaking here earlier, if you see guilt anywhere, the guilt is not outside of you. The guilt is within you. It only appears that your brother is guilty, but you're still holding on to the guilt. If you believe in guilt, guilt demands punishment and you're still afraid that you're going to be punished. Does that help you, Julie? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I guess I have a lot of work to do because um, um, like I, I think right, I'm in this phase right now of just avoiding it as opposed to probably taking some kind of action. I get stuck because I don't know. Sometimes I don't know how to stand up for myself without being mean. You know, it feels like mean if I'm being assertive or um, trying to be protective, you know, like um, to defend myself. You know, if I'm going to be defenseless, how do I defend myself? I, I don't know. I have to still work on it. I, I'm going to have to read those sections. I think you recommended. I, I mentioned lesson 135 which says, if I defend myself, I'm attacking myself. Lesson 153, happens to be 35, reverse 53, has the antidote to that. In my defenselessness, my safety lies. So when I'm defending myself, the ego is, is my general. Ego is acting as my, my, my air force, my army, my navy, is gonna go out and attack. If you're attacking, you're hurting yourself. Who, who are you attacking? You're really attacking God. You're saying, God, what, what kind of a world is this? People are, are shouting curses at me. They, they, you know, there's no love here. So you're really blaming God for making a world that doesn't really look loving at all. But in your defenselessness, and, and my, uh, the number nine of my 12 core themes of A Course of Miracles says, what can you not accept if you but knew that everything that seems to happen, all events, all events, past, present, and even to come, are gently planned for you by one whose only purpose is your good. So the people that come into your life that, that push your buttons, they're really there for you so you can learn the lessons that you came here for. That I'm not this body, this this body that has to protect itself. I am the Holy Son of God Himself. I am the peace of God. I am invulnerable. Your superpower is peace. Is that helpful, Julie? Yes, thank you. Thank you. I'm gonna meditate on all that. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, I wanna add something as well. I, I remember when when I started the, the spiritual journey and I, I got to know teachers, right? And someone would criticize them or say something and they would say, that's your projection. That felt really hurtful. So this can be misused. So I, I, I want to caution not to use that to attack yourself or to attack anyone else. Okay. Uh, I'm going to speak on that if it's okay, because to say 
to someone who criticizes you, even though the truth is it is their projection, to tell them that it's their projection is telling them it's their fault, they're to blame, and they're guilty, and there's no love there. There's absolutely no love, which is why the word acceptance to me is one of the biggest words you can have. Because acceptance is being willing to see things as they truly are, not as I would have them, not as I would have them be, not as I would have them be. So to accept a brother and not make him wrong is everything. Once you make the brother wrong, you, you, you're actually saying you and I are separate. That's why Jesus says in the question of miracles, do you want to be right at the expense of your brother being wrong? Or do you want to be happy? Choose one. You can't have both. So I have learned that acceptance for me is really the way of peace. You know, if someone says something like that to me, I accept it. I say, okay. I smile. That doesn't mean that I, I, I realize that right now they're in fear and they want to make me wrong. But I don't have to tell them that. I don't have to tell them that. I can, I can express love and say, I, I understand, you know, what your thoughts are. Thank you very much for sharing. You know, and I don't make them wrong. And I think that's a good point, by the way, that you had, you were in places where teachers were criticized and they said that by saying that, you, you, you're really saying, I'm, I'm not really a teacher of God. God sees all the same. Yeah, so now it's, I think it's coming to the time to wrap things up. Are there any last comments or questions before I really wrap things up? Go ahead, Jamuna. Aloha. I was uh, wondering, yeah, you know, what's the difference, or what would you consider the difference between discernment as projection, like the difference between discernment and judgment, or discernment and projection? Uh, thank you. That's that's an excellent question. And discernment is so valuable. But what is it that we are discerning? For me, discernment is discerning between ego speak and spirit speak. Ego speaks always in seeing differences. Spirit sees only sameness. So what I'm responsible for is the discernment between who is the speaker? Who's, who's speaking? What voice am I listening to? Am I listening to a voice that sees opposition, sees that somebody is opposing me, sees that somebody is saying something that I don't like? Or am I listening to spirit who doesn't see that at all? So when you get into the discernment between who is my teacher, and it's been said in, in A Course in Miracles, the only the only mistake that we made was choosing the ego as our teacher. When we let go of the ego's thought system and take God's teacher, in the, in the moment that we believed that we were separate from God, God gave us his answer, which was the Holy Spirit. In the course, it says, in, it's in, uh, I think it's in chapter 27, it said, into eternity, 
prepped a tiny mad idea in which the son of God remembered not to laugh. He took it seriously. He took it seriously that he and the father was, was separate. Well, I'm a body and, you know, uh, and you might go back to the big bang on this. You know, that's true. Scientists can tell you everything about right up to a microsecond or two before the, after the big bang, but no, no scientists can tell you before the big bang. Before the big bang, we were one. The belief in differences, well, we became like like nuclear fission. We one became two, became four, became eight, and we were smashed into smithereens, you know. And you might say the idea of the universe being, you know, so many different constellations, but yet they all come from the same oneness, the same oneness. I, I know it seems to be a little theoretical, but let's go back to the line. Into eternity crept a tiny mad idea in which the Son of God remembered not to laugh, which is why one of my most popular ways of seeing anything is seeing humor in things, seeing that you got to laugh, not take things seriously. If you take things seriously, you're saying the world is very real. I am separate from God. People are different from me, you know, and, you know, and I got to take that into consideration. I got to protect myself. But when you, you begin to take a look at the dreamlike essence of what we're talking about, row, row, row your boat. Life is but a dream. Merrily, 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 merrily. Life is but a dream. So you're not taking things seriously anymore. And I hope that's helpful. That's how I see things, by the way. Thank you, Mahalo. Yeah, Mahalo. So, so let's celebrate our, our unity by accepting the differences as proof of our unity, because that's how the Holy Spirit will use it. Through communication, we will join and remember our unity. Oh, there's another question. One second. Go ahead. Elena, you can ask or comment or whatever. You need to unmute, Elena. Okay, perhaps it wasn't intentional. Anyways, okay then. Hi, oh, there you are. Hearing, are you hearing yeah, me now? Oh, there you are. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I just um, uh, want to thank you for your presentation, for your story, because uh, it's um, it's very uh, it's very uh, helpful for me. Um, I want to explain briefly why, because I I came from um, back from trip very stressful trip <laughs> from Europe from I can say from almost uh, war uh, zone. This um, and um, for me it's very very stressful that go back for to my peace to my balance and. Um, so I doing my step to 
return to the to the balance and uh, and your story and your um, your wife story and it kind of um, give me uh, give, uh, give me kind of balance and understanding that uh, that how I can return back because it's <laughs> it's difficult for me and yes thank you <coughs> I, it's uh, help a lot I wasn't able to hear the whole question. Is there, is there any chance you can repeat the question? Um, uh, there is no questions. I just uh, want to tell. Thank you. Thank okay, you. Now, now it's time to wrap things up. So, David or Dove, uh, whatever you prefer. Thank you so much for being here, for joining us, for joining in this walking each other home with all our um, perceptions of deficiency and difference and whatever we may have that keeps us feeling like we're not one. Um, that we join in this attempt to remember our unity and our oneness and to proceed together. Thank you so much. We're going to say thank you for the opportunity to share and and and, and to and to be helpful uh, there's there's a place in the course that says i'm here only to be truly helpful i don't have to know what to say or what to do he who sent me will give me what to say and what to do and i trust that everything that that, that everyone that comes here is perfect people to, to hear and, and 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 whatever comes through me is the perfect words to share thank you yeah thank you so I will put your links in the show notes. You'll give them to me so that everyone can reach you if they want to. And yeah, thank you everyone for being here, for joining us. And in whatever time you will be joining us, thank you so much. Please review the podcast, spread the word, and subscribe so that more people will find it. And once again, thank you and till next time. Bye bye. Aloha.